Camp, Camp, Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Welcome Radio. to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerage, and I'll be your host. Pray Chattanooga is a partnership of pastors and minister leaders who pray and work together with the desire to transform Chattanooga. Uh, we have with us today Danny Hesterly. He is one of the leaders of Pray Chattanooga. Danny, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me and those who are listening. Hello. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I'm from a small hometown in Southern Illinois. It's called Fairfield. It's about mm. 5,400 people and um, have known nothing but a small town, cornfield, bean field. <laughs> Illinois is flat. And so it's nothing like here in Tennessee. And so grew up uh, just the only, at one point, the only Asian family. So my mom's uh, Korean, mm-hmm. my dad's Caucasian. And so just that dynamic of an Eastern world and a Western world in a predominantly just white Southern country town had its unique moments. But I found that I just love playing sports and so got connected with uh, just people that way in the school and ended up uh, going to Eureka College up near Chicago. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan went there. So that's kind of our big <laughs> plug there. Again, Eureka was a small town, about 2,300. Right. And so our college was, man, at that time, probably about 750, so super small still. Played football for a couple of years, then ended up getting hurt. Uh, we was playing Blackburn uh, College, and I suffered a uh, fracture in my lower vertebrae. And not only was that painful uh, as an injury, but I just, my entire life had just been building up to play college football. Yeah. And here I am, and doctor says, it's like a movie. He's like, sorry, Danny, you just played your last football game. Wow. And I'm thinking... What do I do now? <laughs> now, my mom and dad, uh, I got a brother and sister. So we grew up gr- going to church. Mm-hmm. And so whether it was we, Sunday school, uh, morning uh, worship, Sunday night worship, mm-hmm. Wednesday night church, Bible study. My mom had these Korean Bible studies that we would go to. Right. And when it was revival, we would go literally every night. Didn't matter if I had football, basketball, practice, whatever it may be. My mom would pick me up early <laughs> in this big blue uh, Monte Carlo, and it was loud. And it was just kind of embarrassing. But my mom says, hey, you're coming to church. Right. And that's what we did. Yeah. And so after I uh, got injured playing football, I uh, felt the Lord just lead me down to Cleveland, Tennessee, mm-hmm. where I went to Lee University. And a lot of wonderful things there happened. And so God was really showing me back then that, you know, here are the things that, that you desire mm-hmm. and the things that you, you want to strive to to be, to do. And I got to play a part of that. But when I went to Lee University and just really followed the Lord there, he really opened up my, my heart with the capacity to just fall in love with, with him mm-hmm. and with, uh, with ministry. And so I graduated Lee University with a pastoral ministry degree. I actually met my wife at Lee. We met on a blind date. And what was interesting is uh, on the blind date, there was literally no physical attraction whatsoever. I mean, it was one of those things where... I was doing it for friends. Uh, he, he liked my, my at, at that time, my future wife's sweet mate. Yeah. And, my, and, and her sweet mate would not go on a date with 
Um, my, my buddy, unless they went on a double date, she had yeah. she had someone go with her. Yeah. And so my my buddy's like, hey, I want to go on a date with this girl. Will you go with me um, as a as the other person for the the double date? And I'm thinking, oh man, <laughs> all right, not really interested, not really looking for girls. Yeah. And so end up going on the double date, and there was just zero attraction. It was crazy. Um, a year later, I happened to see her walking on campus, and I waved to her, and that was it. I was, I was, and so here was what, here's what's crazy, Kevin. My mom and my dad. So my dad was in military. And my mm-hmm. mom and dad, they met on a blind date. Really? Isn't that crazy? I'm thinking, how, how what, how does that work? <laughs> and so I've been married 18 years, and it has been just a wonderful time. My, uh, I got, a, I got a 13 year old boy uh, who just loves soccer, and I've got a uh, soon to be 11 year old daughter who's all about ballet. Last week. They had a daddy-daughter ballet week, oh, yeah. and I was doing those classes, and I'm thinking, this is no joke. <laughs> and so uh, I've been doing quite a few things. Um, after I graduated Lee University, went back to school, got my master's in teaching and taught school uh, for five years, four mm-hmm. at an alternative school, and actually a year up in Alaska, oh, where wow. I taught at a science academy. And right before I left to go teach, mm-hmm. I proposed to my wife. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes. And I said, this is amazing. Hey, I got to go to Alaska. That's where I feel the Lord's leading me. And she is just upset. Yeah. She's highly confused and frustrated. And I didn't really understand. Why would you be upset? Like, don't you want me to go and follow the Lord? And that's kind of like, I think about it now. I'm thinking, Danny, what kind of person, <laughs> what kind of person does this? You propose and then you're like, hey, deuces, I'm out. I got to go to Alaska. Right. Um, I think that was just a precursor and just kind of showed my, my wife what kind of person she was going to marry, someone who was going to just follow the Lord, right. um, but also who, who looks at adventure as just this thing that I just got to do. Right. And so my time in Alaska was absolutely just, it was amazing. Um, I and, noticed that you referred, I read a little thing about you and you referred to your wife as a redheaded doctor. Yeah, my, yeah so my wife's a pharmacist <laughs> and she has red hair. And um, it's one of the things where I didn't really notice people with red hair until you start dating and you marry someone with red hair. Yeah. And now I see red hair all over. Yeah. And it's just one of those crazy things. Um, but yeah, I mean, she is, a, a, she is, she is one dynamic, uh, person and, uh, she hates when, um, uh, when I leave. And so we're, we're, I'm on this, uh, pastor's retreat and I'm just gone for a couple of days, but yeah. she's like, I miss you already. Right. And I was like, and this was this morning. I was like, I'm, I haven't even left Chattanooga yet. It's like, <laughs> I'm still in the same town. Um, but yeah, so I live in Chattanooga now and uh, have been there, uh, since, uh, 2001, right, right around two, 2000, 2001, I've been in uh, Chattanooga, yeah. and I've just stayed. It's a, it's a beautiful area. Yeah, and that's where I met you, and I, I we were just talking before this, but I was trying to remember how long ago that's been. It was pre-COVID, I know that. Right. So, you know, it might have been 2018, maybe, yeah. Yeah. when I first met you in Chattanooga at City Church there, and, and so, uh, but I... Uh, I remembered, uh, definitely remembered you and your your sense of humor and stuff. Well, now tell me a little bit about. I know you you're, you you kind of gave me gave us your um, your testimony where God kind of led you to the ministry. So, what's your passion for ministry? Oh man, my passion. One of the things that I, that I've that I've learned to do over over the last few years, and I'll be I'll be forty four. I'll be forty four this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how in the world does time fly so fast? It right. is unbelievable. And I look back in my my years, even in my high school time, as being captain of this and leading this, and even in youth group and in and in college, um, and in my my professional uh, career of what God has, I guess what He's placed in front of me and what I've kind of walked walked into, and it's just been this idea of of shepherding. I really feel God has called me to shepherd people, and really that's 
walking with others, just being present in whatever situation they, they may find themselves. Uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, local pastors in Chattanooga, uh, Pastor Joe Novison, uh, he did a um, kind of a, a teaching on this idea of, of how Jesus, he came at the speed of a human walk mm-hmm. at three miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And like he could have come at any point in time in history, but he came at the speed of a walk. Mm-hmm. And I really love that that idea that uh, where, where Jesus, I mean, he, he rode on a donkey, but it wasn't like, and he, wrote, he was in boats at times, right? But yeah. I mean, he was always walking from from village to village, mm-hmm. and it was it was in those those moments of of intersection mm-hmm. that this idea of of heaven and earth colliding, and Jesus doing these just amazing miracles, and it was because he was with people. I mean, I've always said that if you're a shepherd and you don't smell like your sheep, mm-hmm. then you've not been out in the field enough. Yeah. And so I really see myself as someone who is just out in the wild field. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't believe it, Kevin, how many uh, how many people uh, just kind of stumble in my path? And I'm thinking, does this happen to anybody else in these conversations, whether <laughs> yeah. it's in line at Walmart or at a coffee house or right. getting my oil changed? And I think what I've learned is just taking the moment and just letting people know that I see you. And I've just... I've just learned how to do that over the years of just taking just that extra pause and just ask, how you doing? Um, you look like you're frustrated. Um, can I pray with you? Mm-hmm. Um, and you wouldn't believe how many people are like, yeah, yeah. I'm really going through this. I think uh, with COVID and all that, it's just really exposed just how lonely people have been right. and uh, how, how much they need people in, in their lives. Right. And I guess as uh, pastors can fall in that same trap because especially now through COVID, we're, uh, they're so overworked and just, you know, are have just under a tremendous amount of stress right. that they almost go into places like grocery store or something and, and don't really want to talk to anybody because they spent so much time on telephone, uh, talking to congregation and doing all these different things. They just need almost a break. But we really should need to continue to look for those opportunities. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think what it also showed was then this is no this is no beef against anybody. And, and I could say with, with me as well, like when you are in a church and you're doing ministry and you're pastoring or whatever that may be, I mean, you take a lot of that burden on for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think what what I have discovered is I didn't do a very good job in developing the people around me. Because you carry this burden, you carry this weight of being a leader in the church or in your ministry, whatever you, whatever that may be, nonprofit work, and everything is kind of dependent on on you at some level. Mm-hmm. And you, you can delegate a few things, but at the same time, it's like being able to replicate or uh, multiply the characteristics of Christ in in just being able to listen or being able to just take that extra moment and just ask another question right. um, and just not just... Let it just go to the, take a sidestep and just ignore it. Um, but really just saying, okay, um, I can't do this by myself and I need other people. Sure. Um, the problem is, is that we know that people, they don't, they don't always do it the way I want it, want them to do it. Right. And so like, you get one chance. And then after that, uh, oh geez, I'm not, I'm not calling on Kevin anymore to help me because <laughs> uh, he totally just crashed and burned or he made that person upset or he just didn't do it the way I wanted him to do it. Right. And that could just be a lack of communication, but also... I mean, look at Jesus. And I was literally having a conversation with a friend the other day, and um, we were doing a coaching session and just talking through just who he is in Christ and just having a hard time figuring out, like, does God, would he even want to use me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, buddy, he literally went up to a tax collector. 
he was that's the arch uh, arch enemy of of the Jews. I mean, looked at as someone who betrayed them uh, for working for the Roman government and then cheating his own people for more money, whatever. And he literally went to Matthew and was like, "Hey, do you want to follow me?" I'm like, Jesus went to that guy, so undeserving, and here you are in front of me. It's like you are way better than that guy. I mean, at some level, right? right. And so, um, but I think my passion has always been to just walk with people right. and just be there. And that sounds kind of like slow and not exciting, but the transformation takes place when my story and their story cross. And I'm looking at, I'm looking for those opportunities because ultimately it's like, how can I, how can I then inter- interject God's story mm-hmm. in that mix? And then you just have the, the perfect recipe for God doing something really good. Well, and this is actually, it just seems like as you share that, how perfect you are to be uh, one of the leaders uh, within Pray Chattanooga, because here you have pastors who, you know, they spend all their days listening to others, but who's mm-hmm. listening to them? Oh, geez. Yes. Yeah. And so that's what it's all about. And and I know the that, and we'll talk about at the end a little bit more about where they can find information about it. But what does, you know, this this uh, passion, the ability to just stop and listen and to be available for people, how does that play within your ministry in Chattanooga? So I was on staff at City Church uh, for 13 years, 10 years at a, as a youth pastor. And I think listening to kids, my goodness, you've got to have, you just got to have grit because <laughs> sometimes, I mean, there have been so many moments where you were at a camp and mm-hmm. there's a moment where a young, a young lady or a young man, they're just going through things right. and you're like, oh no, this is going to be a two to three hour just cry session and pour out your heart. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. I might fall asleep. My leg may go numb. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so I think some of those early years, it kind of like developed like this tough skin. Um, so I spent 10 years in youth ministry and then the last three years at City Church uh, uh, being as uh, working as the executive pastor. In May of 2020, stepped off the team. And then in, in the meantime, I've been doing coaching with middle school, high school students and some adults. But over the last almost month and a half, I've taken on this part-time job at Pray Chattanooga, Mm -hmm. which is a ministry of the Chattanooga House of Prayer. And I've been a part of Pray Chattanooga for the last four or five years. Mm -hmm. And it has been so life-giving because, I mean, with with pastors, it's, it's hard to to talk to uh, your staff mm-hmm. or to other people within your congregation about pastor stuff. And it's not that you don't want to share. It's just like, it's just hard for them to understand. Sure. It's like people who go, who are in therapy. It's kind of like talking with people who at least have an understanding of, of where you've been. And so it's difficult. Um, and, and, I, and I would encourage therapy. And I would encourage going to counseling. Um, but it's kind of like, if you're a pastor or you're in ministry, like having a counselor or a therapist that that has been a part of that, that has context, because it's just an animal all on its own. And um, it's not to say that what pastors and what churches do is these multi-step layers above everything else, but it's just different. It's right. like, I wouldn't know what an accountant world is or mm-hmm. um, a mechanics world is or whatever that, or someone who does woodworking or whatever. It's like, but for pastors, this has been... Uh, an eye-opening experience because I realized back in, so probably 2017, 2018, uh, me and four other guys started to meet up mm-hmm. at the Chattanooga House of Prayer. Yeah. Um, and we, we we knew that we wanted to 
get other churches and other pastors and ministry leaders together for a prayer. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know uh, how to start because it's not like you put a uh, Facebook ad or something on social media. It's like, hey, if you want to be part of this prayer group, then this is what we're meeting. <laughs> it, 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 maybe it sounds that easy, but we met for Kevin, two, two and a half years yeah. before there was another person that showed interest in wanting to be a part of this group. And every time, and here, and I think this is what, I don't know, me and maybe some of the listeners experience. When you gather with other pastors, you, you pray, yeah, you're going to eat some food, yeah. um, maybe Chick-fil-A <laughs> or something like that, right? You can... Uh, when what's Chick Fil A is wonderful. They uh, they help uh, they sponsor meals and mm-hmm. lunches for when our pastors get together. But we'll talk about it in a few moments. Yeah. But you eat a little bit, you pray a little bit. Um, but it's like, okay, what can we do? What's the action steps of really mobilizing together? Then just going conquering our communities and our city in the name of Jesus. And let's just get to work. Let's get to work. Let's pull our resources together. We just didn't want to go that route. And we said, you know what? We have first got to just set these friendships mm-hmm. in stone. And what was what was important was my wife at that at that time, uh, 2018, 2019, was going through a, just a really just tough medical uh, issue. Mm-hmm. And those guys in that group, and in, in, in my church, of course, but those guys uh, really became a an extension beyond my church, right. um, beyond the staff that uh, is actually, it acted as another layer and how important that extra layer uh, was. I think pastors, ministry leaders, they have this layer within their church. Mm-hmm. They don't realize how important having other people that aren't necessarily associated with your church, but they're a part of the kingdom. Because right. pastors and ministry leaders can get so isolated mm-hmm. and you don't even realize it. I mean, I think about like if you're at a, at a church, because I mean, I was there and what do you do? You, you hang out predominantly with the people within your congregation or your church. And, and and I guess rightly so, because you're there to shepherd the people that are there. But at the same time, there are countless other uh, pastors in your community or where I'm at in Chattanooga that they're not necessarily connecting with the people uh, with even within their congregation. I don't know what those reasons would be. and But we have found that some of, some of those have found Pray Chattanooga and they're like, this is a lifeline. This is is something that I've needed in my life because it's such an encouragement. So right. we, we were meeting for a number of years and then we're like, okay, I think we're ready. Let's start inviting some churches mm. to be a part of this prayer group. And I mean, it was just such a simple formula where we would get together and we would just connect. We would just fellowship. We'd, we would be these, these ministry leaders, pastors from all these different churches and mm. denominations across uh, the Metro Chattanooga area. Mm-hmm. And it was just absolutely amazing to see because we all had the, the, the common language of Jesus, right? you know, doctrine, theology, all those things were maybe just a slightly little bit different. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we loved the Lord. Right. We wanted to see his good kingdom work done in our city. And we knew that we couldn't do it alone and we needed each other. Now, that's still a struggle um, because people, they still feel that They've got to carry this boulder, this like, mm-hmm. this is the burden God's put on my shoulders and I've got to hold it. And it's like, no, th- there's like three other churches on your street that if you can connect with, just think of the of the impact you could have together. And so uh, it's just not a Chattanooga thing, but I think um, just in general, it's like, man, it's difficult for churches to work with each other, but we're starting to see some, some positive changes and just good movement right. happening in Chattanooga. 
And, and pastors, yeah. uh, they struggle with the carrying, like you're saying, they're carrying a weight on their shoulders, but also they don't always feel like they have someone they can trust. Right. And so I think that's what's so appealing to this is that, hey, yeah, we want to pray for our city. We have a, we have a heart for reaching the lost in our community, and, and we, we know that working together can do more. But, you know, I'm carrying this, and I don't know if I want to break, let down my walls because I'm a pastor and people look right. at me. And it, that's just how, how, that's just how this, the animal is. And so trying to break that down, that's, otherwise, you're going to have pastors, which they do, are dropping left and right because right. they're under such pressure of feeling like they have to carry this certain standard, a certain level, right. and they just can't maintain that. It is a disease within our churches Mm -hmm. um, that I think yet plagues our leaders. And so one of the things that we say at Pray Chattanooga is friendships are developed at the speed of trust. And that takes time. Mm -hmm. And so for me, if you're walking three miles per hour Mm -hmm. and you're not not expecting to go from one to or zero to 60 within 5.2 seconds, but you realize, you know what, I may... because pastors are busy. They got things to do. And I think sometimes they just use as use that as an excuse. Yeah. But I'm over here thinking, well, I was a pastor as a, at a fairly large church in Chattanooga, and I had time. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, and sometimes I use the excuse of like, oh, I don't want to meet with anybody today because right. I feel like I've just been meeting out and it's just too much. Sure. But it's like, usually when you get to that place, you're like, it's just, I just don't need it. Like if you're going to go on a retreat and you're like, I don't need to go on a retreat. I don't need it. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. You're probably the person that actually probably should go on the retreat because right. you actually do need that. But no, I, I think you're right, Kevin. I think pastors, the idea of being vulnerable mm-hmm. is, it's not something that they want to jump into because it just takes so much time. Sure. And I think at some level too, is that they probably experienced some some level of hurt right. and mistrust in the past, which I think, I think we all have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do I really trust you? What is your motivation? Are you really are you really for the kingdom or are you really for your kingdom? And you only know that if you if you start developing these relationships. And what I've seen too is that being around the table and talking with pastors, it's like this idea of like, oh, I didn't know you, but I kind of knew your church. Mm-hmm. And I already had this preconceived idea of who you were. And you're not that person. Yeah. And you start to see these relationships and these these uh, these bonds just to grow, sure. and it has been just a beautiful thing. But I but I think because we didn't rush into it, because we were we were faithful to just continue to meet consistently, that has paid off, and fruit has uh, has been a byproduct of us just being patient. I don't want to put you on the spot because I I know that you know this was kind of quick, but. Do you have any victories you can kind of share through, you know, by having prayer Chattanooga? Maybe, and you don't have to necessarily share names or whatever, but some people that has impacted, the minister's impact, or communities or something like that. Okay, so in February, we had our very first Pray Chattanooga North Georgia luncheon. And so there have been a group of pastors that have been meeting over like six, seven years at a uh, at a church in Fort, Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. And they would get together just weekly and just pray. Well, we're thinking, well, maybe there's other pastors that would just like to gather and just start to develop relationships, pray together, and see how they can come together, collaborate to make a kingdom impact in their mm-hmm. community. And so we sent out the invites, and we had 13 show up. Now, these were some of these pastors, I mean, they're like right down the road, I feel like, and they've not had 
very, they've had very little conversation with each other. Right. And here they are in this room, again, eating Chick-fil-A. It's yeah. like, my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. It's free. They don't have to do anything. They just show up. Right. But it's like showing up. There's, there takes, a, I think, a level of courage just to walk through that door sure. as a pastor when you're in a room with other pastors and you start to think, are they going to worry about if I'm this nomination mm-hmm. or are they going to worry about if my church does this mm-hmm. or it's this size or our budget? It's like, and they realize, ain't nobody in that room care about that. Nobody cares because it's like we've been measuring success for many, many years uh, in just a very materialistic way. We want to know that is what are the things that you're doing to reach your people? Mm-hmm. What are the things you're doing to reach the community? How can we partner? How can we come alongside you? Mm-hmm. How can we do things together? Because that's that's the unified body of Christ. And when the world sees us unified, my goodness, it all points to Christ. And they're like, wow, these churches, who knew they could work together? Yeah. It's like, man, there is a sisterhood. There's a brotherhood. There is this uh, this um, this this common language that that we have that uh, we just need to just tap in and just really just embrace. And uh, so that was a huge win. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. my goodness. So, so we just sent another invite today. Say, hey, don't forget next week we're meeting. And I'm excited because they're going to get together and they're going to be able to connect and we're going to pray right. over the needs of each other. And so that's just one. But also we have different prayer networks that are starting to meet in the Chattanooga area. Mm-hmm. And so we just had a, another one just say, hey, I want to get some pastors together and I want to gather weekly. Hmm. It's, it's maybe bi-monthly just to get together and pray. Right. And that's just not that's just not ministry leaders, but that would be sometimes that would be people within the church because there are people within the church and those are the prayer warriors. Hmm. They may not be on staff, but man, they have, it's like that red telephone in the movies where it's like they pick it up and it's like direct access to the president. Yeah. There are some people, my great, my great grandma Johnson was one of those ladies. Hmm. And when she would pray, you just listened because yeah. you knew she was tapping into a greater power and authority that uh, very few people had. And so we have those those prayer warriors, those intercessors, and they're a part of these these prayer networks mm-hmm. because when we pray, this conversation with the Lord, but also it's, it's a listening from the Lord and listening mm-hmm. to one another and the unity is, is being developed because a lot of times, at least when I pray, Man, there's there's this vulnerability that that comes out, and um, it's kind of like I don't, I may not have all the most eloquent words to say, but it's like God, this is my heart, and I need you to listen. I need to listen to you, and there's my brothers and sisters around. It's like uh, I need them to pray for me, and that's a beautiful thing that's been taking place. I mean, it sounds like because uh, I know my brother-in-law is involved in this. And yeah, you know, I've heard through him; it has really grown. So, if if someone's listening right now, and they're they're in another part of the country or another part of the state, and they want to begin some sort of prayer community with their pastors in their community, what are some tips that might help them? Well, I think for for me, so when we first started, there were. Uh, four churches that that represented, mm-hmm. uh, and then there was there was five churches, and so in in the past couple months that that team has grown from five to eight, and we have uh, some other churches that are now involved, kind of like they've sent their ambassador or the person that's going to help kind of be the the point person for their church mm-hmm. within our like leadership group at Pray Chattanooga. Um, I would say it's like start small, gather a uh, pastor or two, and just meet, yeah. just meet and just pray 
and eat some good food and laugh and share stories. Mm -hmm. Because the very thing that you're wanting to grow is like you first have got to grow it. That's Mm -hmm. one thing that we says, like we're going to we're going to start planting seeds. But God, plant the seeds in us so that when it's time uh, that will grow and it will produce fruit. And because we were patient, because I'm telling you, Kevin, there were so many times we would leave that, leave those gatherings and those times of prayer thinking, all right, what do we got to go do? And we're like, no, we've got to resist the urge of just do. (laughs) Because like, then you, you, you forget about the relationship and you're just, you're just hustle. You're just Mm -hmm. working and which is, which is great. I mean, you got to do those things, but you forget the whole, uh, the relationship aspect of developing that trust, uh, layers of vulnerability uh, that can only happen when you're right in front of one another. You're sitting side by side and you're like, guys, my wife is sick and I feel like I'm about to lose it. I'm about to give up on God if he doesn't do something. And they're, and they're not thinking, well, Danny, um, you're a pastor. You shouldn't be having these thoughts. Mm. Um, where's your faith? Um, well, because of your lack of faith, then of course God's not going to do anything. It's like they were full of kindness and compassion and right. empathy. And they they didn't offer any any help or assistance because, I mean, what could what could they do? I could, I could barely do anything for my wife, mm-hmm. but they were just there. And knowing that they were there, my goodness, what strength and what encouragement and just, my Lord, I'm thinking, I'm said, Lord, thank you for those guys in my life mm. uh, because they helped me get through a really difficult season is because I, I learned to trust them. But it was those two, two and a half years of us just consistently meeting. It was, it was, it was beautiful. So yeah, you got to, I think, start small, be consistent. Don't try to quantum leap. What I mean by quantum leap is don't try to get five, six, seven steps ahead. It's like, right. take the first step. Yeah. See where it goes. I mean, you're, you're leaders. You know, you you lead, mm-hmm. but it's like we just don't follow very well. And I think uh, we just gotta follow follow the leader. That, that sounds that's kind of kind of cheesy. I'm so yeah. sorry, but follow <laughs> God. And I think we were just saying, okay, we're gonna put away our agenda mm-hmm. and say, all right, Lord, what, what do you want to do? And it's it's working. It's just paid off. Uh, you're here on a retreat on a, on a prayer retreat right, right now yeah. with a group of pastors. Do you feel like it's important for pastors to get away? One hundred percent. I mean, so right now um, we have 10 different churches represented in this this prayer retreat for our pastors and ministry leaders. I mean, we just spent time just silent before the Lord because I think when, when, when I don't know, I'm, I interpret this like be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. It's like we think for me, what I was, what I, one thing I was praying up there was being still is like, don't move, don't move. It's like, <laughs> well, it's like, all right, I want I want the Lord to be moving to me. I want to be moving to the Lord. But I think be still in my mind, in my heart. It's mm-hmm. like I, I, there's just some realignment that needs to be done. And I feel like in moments like this, mm-hmm. like, okay, so we send kids church camp. Mm-hmm. We do youth retreats. We have these major conferences for them. And then we get older and we feel like, oh, that's what that, that's a kid thing. That's one of the things we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, that's a to- that's now for me. I love stuff like this because I love being around people. I'm very energetic. And it's like, let's stay up to two, three o'clock in the morning. Let's just talk and just hang out. Yeah. And uh, my roommate, I think he's going to go to bed here soon. But I have to kind of creep into the room. Right. But I feel like as adults, we need that yeah. even more. Now, it, I think it happens less just because of responsibilities and things going on. But um, I mean, places like Carson Springs and what you do here, Kevin, it's like, this is my third time up here. I came up in... Um, October just to pray and get ready for the retreat. Mm -hmm. And then back in November and things were kind of just didn't work out. So we had to postpone it. And then we're back here in, in February. Mm -hmm. And so it's my third time up here. 
every time there's this comfortableness that I, I have. Because uh, for me, it's really important to be be in a space that that I know God's presence is already there right. or has gone before me. And, and I think you have a lot of, there's a lot of places within the country, especially I would say here at Carson Springs, that does give you the freedom to, to meet with the Lord. I mean, my dad said this when I was a kid. He says, Danny, if you don't take time to be apart, mm-hmm. you will fall apart. And like you said earlier with COVID, I mean, pastors and churches are busier than ever. There's more stress. There's more anxiety. Mm-hmm. One, where are people? Where are, they, are they coming back? I don't know. They do online. How's this working? What does budget look like? Staff, we don't have enough. Um, maybe we had to let some go due to financial reasons. But at the same time, a lot of churches, they are understaffed mm-hmm. and under-resourced. And so who has time to get away? Um, I had a really good buddy of mine I met with a couple weeks ago. Uh, his name's Tracy. And he got to the point of burnout. Got to the point where he's like, I'm literally going to lose my mind. And I don't know if I'm going to make it back with just, I'm going to give up on God, that, that type of deal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just got to get away. And he had the courage. This was amazing. He had the courage to go and talk to his church and says, guys, I'm broken. I'm tired. I don't know if I can make it as your pastor. I think I need to take some time off. You know what that church did? That church rallied around him and said, of course, wow. we we want you to be healthy. We didn't know these things. And so by him taking a step towards vulnerability, yeah. it literally, he said, saved my life. Took a sabbatical, came back, refreshed, renewed. And it was, he said, one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to start scheduling these things every 18 months, 24 months, whatever it is, to take some time just to, if anything, for myself. And I think that is not selfish. That is taking care of yourself. And so a prayer retreat, a pastor's retreat, ministry retreat, whatever you want to call that, is so necessary and so needed, even, even if it's with your team or at some level, what a great way to to start to talk about the vision that God's put in your in your in your heart in your mm-hmm. mind to gather some other pastors from different uh, churches in your area to get together and see what the Lord would want you guys to do. Right? Because out here, it's like I'm trying to figure out how am I going to call my wife? There's no cell service. I'm going to like <laughs> send a send a pigeon yeah. or something Morse code uh, to say, "Hey, I'm alive. I'm here." But it's like you're away and you're away from the distractions and there's something a little bit stressful about that, but also beautiful uh, about that at the same time. So 100% so important and so necessary that we take time to get away right. from the normal. Well, Danny, I really appreciate you taking time, just a few minutes to be able to share, especially uh, to talk about Pray Chattanooga, which I, I think it's an incredible thing that you all are doing. And I'm praying that, that, uh, that out of that, uh, Chattanooga will will be uh, one to the Lord. Oh man, me too. And I think if anybody's interested in in just learning more, it's like we're just being ourselves. And uh, but I'm always up for a phone call, always up to uh, to Zoom and just uh, to chat about how do you get things started in your area. Yeah. And um, I'd, I'd say it's just it's just being obedient, just stepping stepping where the Lord's already been. Right. Well, now give me a, a web address that you might have. Yes. You got uh, praychattanooga.com. Mm-hmm. And then I think you have uh, chathop.org. Okay. I think that's it. Or .com. It's like, I'm still pretty new. I'm, I'm part-time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Dane, thank you. I appreciate yes, you sharing. I appreciate it very much, man. Uh, those who are listening to us, our podcast right now, if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, uh, please leave, leave us a comment or just follow us. That will uh, encourage others to listen. It's a great resource. 
Uh, we would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions for Danny or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.